0: Hey, this is part two of concealed carry. Last week we talked about the need to kind of leave the house with a mindset of being kind to other people, and of course that doesn't mean we roll over and just let everybody take advantage of us. It means that our default is to try to be kind to people, and there's certainly a time when we've got to stand up, we've got to defend ourselves, and that kind of thing. So uh, don't 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 get me wrong with that, but our default needs to be kindness. We're all carrying around. Big stuff, things that have happened to us, wounds, uh, maybe some bitterness, which is something that a lot of us have buried down deep inside. You know if you're you're still holding on to bitterness because you, when you think about that person or that situation, uh, you, your blood pressure starts to rise, you know. Uh, we need to release that stuff. You know, the Bible says don't let a bitter root grow. And so the idea of last week's podcast was to understand that you and I have those things, so does everyone else. But we have Jesus in us. That means that we can trust him to take care of our junk and try to demonstrate his love to people that maybe don't understand that. And so I hope you got where that came from. Um, Today, First off, I want to say Happy Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving week. I want to thank all of you that give to Life on the Verge, that have prayed for us, that have helped us do what we've been able to do and what we hope to do going forward. We're hard at work getting vehicles fixed and getting our mixer repaired and rehearsing and doing what I call the Brussels sprouts of our ministry. You know, I'm addicted to cookies. I love cookies. God has given me so many cookies in life, Uh, that's all I want to eat sometimes, but he Requires us sometimes to go through seasons of uh, eating the brussels sprouts or the broccoli or you know the things that maybe aren't as sweet the sweet spots because you know we can be successful uh, because of the anointing that is on us uh, because of the favor that God has showed us breakthrough things that would have never happened but because we're His children He opens doors that no one could have opened we know that happens. Um, but I don't think that he, I, th- I believe that God expects us to still um, exercise biblical principles as we move in the direction of our goals and our dreams and things we want to accomplish. Because in the end, uh, we want to be able to, he wants us to to point to him and give glory to him, to tell other people God can be trusted, to blow our minds. And so, He's not going to allow us to intentionally over and over violate biblical principles and then that results in success. And so I want to talk a little bit about some of those principles today. I want to talk about the treasure that we carry around in jars of clay. That's how the Apostle Paul referred to the gospel. We have this treasure in jars of clay, talking about the treasure of Jesus of salvation uh, in these, you know, earthly bodies. Well, We can sometimes just think that means salvation, but if we're saved, then that means we become children of God. The Bible uses terms like adoption. We are adopted into the family of God. It uses terms like engrafted into the family of God. Now we are part of God's family, which means that we have certain birthrights. We have certain blessings that come on us because we are followers of Jesus. Now we have an enemy that will do everything he can to keep us from realizing how much God has for us. So there is a spiritual battle that goes on. Um, You know, even when it comes to prayer, you know, there's a a part of Daniel where it says that Daniel was praying and fasting and an angel came to him and gave him the answer that, that he was asking, an interpretation to a vision. But the angel said, God heard you on the first day that you prayed, but basically he had been at war in the heavenlies He had been battling against a demonic force. So we know that the enemy is at work, you know, that he is always trying. There is a spiritual battle, not just over your salvation. Listen, if the devil, uh, you know, can't keep you from accepting Jesus, then the next step is to keep you from fulfilling all that is in you, all that God has concealed in you. You know, there is a proverb, let me look it up here, There is a proverb that says, now one term the Bible gives us is kings, by the way. I don't want to put too much emphasis on that, but that's in the book of Revelations, that when we come to the Lord, we're considered priests and kings before the Lord. So, Proverbs 25, 2 says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out the matter is the glory of kings. So, So, God gives us a little bit of a treasure hunt in life. And it requires prayer and and trying to unpack what's in us, put the pieces together, study the Word, pray, keep constant fellowship with Him. Now, let me say a word about aging, because this is one of the things the enemy uses against me all the time, you know, at your age. You know, I'm 58, which is crazy to think, right? Um, Some of you that listen, I know, are older than me. But in reality, when you look at eternity, we're all very young, aren't we? We're still little boys and girls in the eyes of God. It says in Psalm 92, talking about the righteous, they will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. So let's get over that tactic the enemy may use. You're too old. You're washed up. Listen, when you look at some of the people in the Bible that God used, they were well into their years. And even today, um, I, I, my friend Jimmy Bratcher just did a uh, YouTube thing. He does a, a bi-weekly, I think he does it twice a week uh, thing on YouTube. You can find it on Facebook. Some great teaching that he offers, and and it was on you know aging and how to stay productive as we get older. And, and there's a study that basically says the number one decade for productivity in people, they are the most productive. They put out the most content They accomplish the most Is from the age of 60 to 70 Isn't that amazing? It kind of makes sense Because, you know You've lived a lot of life. You've got a lot of experience and skills you've built up, um, and you should be able to build on that. By that time, your kids are grown, and you hopefully have some some freedom to, to do more, and so it makes sense. So let's get over the, the age tactic that the enemy may use to slow us down or keep us from all that God has put in us. This treasure that we have in a jar of clay, this, this concealed potential that God has put in us that he wants us to seek out. And so I was thinking this morning, you know, how do we dig that out? You know, how do we get out what God has concealed in us uh, and accomplish our our potential? And I just I just try to jot down like ten ways. You know, I'm trying to process this myself. Like, how do I how do I do it? Because I get down in the dumps too, especially during these seasons you know, I call the Brussels sprouts of life, you know, it's uh, of our ministry. It's when we're off the road. You know, our cookies are when we're right in front of the inmates and we're seeing immediate feedback for all of our effort, okay? For a pastor, his cookies are when he preaches on Sunday and he gets feedback, Um but that's and depending on what you do, maybe you're a salesman when you're actually in the negotiation and you make the sale. But prepping for that presentation and all that kind of stuff uh, is is the real tough stuff. You got to kind of push yourself through. If you're like me, I, I'm unfortunately some people have, um, I guess, better 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 mindsets when it comes to this kind of stuff. When I was in college, I, I graduated with like a 3.2 or something, and and uh, I held a 3.7, 3.9 for a long time, and then I kind of lost interest in the in the subject electronics, but I finished my degree, thank God, and uh, but I was always a crammer. I always did well on tests, but I was always a crammer. Maybe you're that way, you know, and so I I try not to be because I know that's not the best way to do it, to cram. You don't retain it. And so as we're in this season, what do I do to prepare ourselves for those cookie moments, those moments when, okay, you're on the stage, whatever your stage is, and you want to be the best that you can be? And that's really, you know, I, I was reading, I don't have the title of the book in front of me, but I got this quote by John Wooden who was, a very famous uh, UCLA uh, basketball coach. And uh, he said, "'Success is not something others can give you. True success can only be attained by knowing you did your very best to become the best you're capable of becoming.'" That is how I define success. I don't care what the scoreboard says, what your record ends up being at the end of the season, or what your job title is. If you give your best, you will be a success. So the idea of how to give our best, uh, to do the things that, that we need to do to unpack all that God has concealed in us, especially in those seasons of uh, retraction. You know, I've talked about expansion and retraction. There are those seasons of where we're we're not in expansion mode. You know, where we're not lifting the barbell; it's going down, and we're preparing for the next lift. How do we How do we do that? And of course, I mean, number one, it seems logical is prayer. We, we want to stay before the Lord. Um, we want to constantly, you know. Put our our ideas and our goals, and say, God, this is what I'm going to do. I like to go at it like this, you know. Once I've really studied out something, I've made up my mind. I'm going to I'm going to try to accomplish a goal. I, I pray about it. I present it to the Lord, and then I assume the answer is yes, and go, unless the Lord steers me otherwise or stops me, and I'm open to that. So that's kind of one and two of my little process here. Is I pray, and and I journal my prayers frequently. I think, man, if you if you don't uh, subscribe to our emails, you can hit me up at markatlifeontheverse I'll send the emails out to you. Or if you'd like our newsletter, I put a more detailed account of this with actual copies of uh, pages from my journal back when the pandemic first hit. Uh, my prayers. And how God answered those prayers so immediately, and the Good Infection Project was born, uh, which coincidentally that's just about to be shipped out for the December Christmas shipment to a hundred prisons. Um, it amazes me, you know. And I want to document that stuff. I kind of want, uh, I hope that, they, that my journals survive for my children to read. You know, um, how I mean, it's full of everything—the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, and, and so I journal my prayers frequently. This is what I'm going to do. And and sometimes, um, if it's significant enough, if I feel like I'm making a shift, a change, I'm doing something, or maybe something's happened that is really significant. It's rare, but <laughs> maybe I'm weird. But uh, I normally use black ink. I'll use blue ink or red ink because I want to be able to find that fast. This is where I made a decision. I'm going to apply myself to this thing. And the answer is yes and go. Here I go. Okay. So, you know, in our context, you know, we we are kind of getting into more and more routine. We're we're heading into our 10th year of doing this. And in the beginning, it was really like chopping down the weeds and making a trail. Um Following a few footsteps of people that had gone before us, but there's not a lot. And you know, we're living in a camper full time. We're going from gig to gig. We're all over the place. Uh, we cut our overhead. We could afford to do it, but we didn't have medical insurance. We didn't have an office, a place to do our mu- everything. Was happening in this little camper, and eventually God began to expand and open up. and And now we can look back and go, Ah, now we actually have a pattern. I can look at the last, you know, maybe five years and go, okay, we're just going to assume that this is what we're supposed to do, and we're going to move forward. There's some always uncertainty mixed in there, but I'm going to assume the answer is yes and go. We've been asked to come back to certain Florida prisons. I have all the chaplains' contact information for every chaplain in Florida, so right now Florida is still wide open, uh, maybe some in Texas but there's still restrictions in other places, and the guys from Florida are contacting us, so I'm making the assumption. I'm holding it before the Lord. Okay, I'm going to put in the work, and we're going to make the assumption. we am going to set the dates, and we're going to move forward on this thing, but I'm open to change. Okay, that does not take away from my kind of diminished energy and my lackluster attitude of eating these Brussels sprouts, getting all the maintenance done, and, you know, doing all the legwork it takes to get to those cookie moments. And so what do I have to do? Well, God gave us an imagination for a reason. So I have to imagine myself on the far side of the goal line. I have to imagine myself on the stage. I have to imagine myself on that stage being unprepared. I have to go, oh my gosh, I would never want that to happen. And I have to somehow generate an intensity to say, I've got to get up and go today. We're leaving. i got to imagine we're leaving next week, you know, and we probably won't leave until mid-February, but I've got to imagine we're leaving next week, and therefore, I've got to apply myself every day so that, that, won't, that we'll be prepared. You know, there's a famous quote that says, success is where preparation and opportunity meet. We're in that preparation phase, and you may be too, so how do we unpack the concealed things got put in us. Well, first we we pray, we imagine where we want to be. I wrote a whole book on vision. We get a vision. What do you want to do? If your life sucks, where do you want to be? Nail that down. Get a detailed picture in your mind. Hold it before the Lord, and then consider the answer, yes and go, unless the Holy Spirit stops you. Then imagine you know, what it's going to look like Imagine receiving that degree if you're just starting out in college or you're halfway through and you're trying to get your degree. Imagine that moment of the wind and let it motivate the moment you're in right now. The other thing I do is I set goals with deadlines, certain things that must be done by this date. Now, I'm going to admit, I don't always hit my deadlines. I, I try, though. I, I put those deadlines down there, and I, I've heard—I've uh, mentioned John Acuff— when you set a goal, it's sometimes helpful to cut that goal in half and make that your goal because then you'll develop momentum and confidence because you're more likely to accomplish the half goal and then say, okay, let's go for another half goal kind of thing. But at any rate, we've got to set goals. And so I do that. I've talked about making my master to-do list with a brain dump. You know, okay, this is where I want to be. What do I have to do to get there? And I just throw it all out. And for us, because we don't have a, a large staff, so to speak, we have a lot of people that work with us, but they're not our staff. I can't put them to work. Um, I have to prioritize and and figure out, okay, what must be done right now from that to-do list. I look, I just dump everything down there from personal goals. Our house needs to be painted inside. Um, you know, we I had to coat my deck recently, all that stuff, but also excuse me, graphics that need to be designed and phone calls that need to be made and vehicles that need to be dropped off and all that stuff. I just dump it all down there. From that, I I categorize all those things. I use titles like projects. These are projects that I want to accomplish. This is a process thing. The podcast is a process thing. It's something that I'm, you know, I constantly have to do weekly. I do emails or social media, things that are like a process. And, uh, And then I have pick up and purchase, things that we're going to need to get, acquire, replace. And so I categorize it all, but then even from that, now listen, I do this all with pencil and paper. So this is not like some, you know, got to sit down at the computer and map all this stuff out. I just dump it all out, write it all down when my mind is settled. And then from that, I pluck what must be done now so that I don't get too overwhelmed by this huge to-do list. What's got to be done right now? Now it's easy to fool yourself because there's some things that are part of that process. For us, music rehearsals, get, you know, guitar practice, that kind of thing, keeping our, our skills sharp. You know, that doesn't press as hard as the, the camper must be dropped off for repair on this date. Uh, so I have to put that on like a daily. I got to do this. Working out's another example. So do it whatever way you want, but set goals with with dead, deadlines. And then number five, make a must-do list to get where you hope to be. And then, number six, I'll review a quick prayer. Consider the answer, yes and go. Imagine the win. Set goals with deadlines. Make a must-do list. And then six, start, especially when you don't feel like it. There's a guy out there, his name slips me, but there's a book called The Resistance. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's called The War of Art is the book by Pressfield, that's his last name. Anyway. He's not a Christian, I don't think. Uh, he alludes to the spiritual, but gets a little new agey near the end of the book. But the concept is we've got to press against, fight against the resistance every day. And so he he tells writers, he says, if you're a writer, you've got to write. Set a goal. Write 1,000 words a day. That's what whatever you set your goal, 500 words a day or whatever. But set the goal, and whether you feel like it or not, he says, use the AIC method. That's the ass-in-chair method. <laughs> Get into it every day, whether you feel like it or not. For me, uh, that's that often is with you know guitar stuff because that's an easy thing to put off or working out. If I can get myself to the gym, then I will work out. If I can get myself in the car, if I can get my butt in the car and put it in reverse and start moving toward the gym, the workout is done. So get up and start moving get started whether you feel like it or not Uh, and that stuff pays off by the way Um, it really does consistency is intensity right you know yesterday i mean i've been getting up every day and rehearsing certain guitar parts that i sometimes flub live most people don't notice but i do and i don't like that i don't think i'm giving my 100 percent. so i'm rehearsing over and over just these these troubled parts and uh You know, maybe sometimes a half hour, maybe an hour. Um, But last night, you know, I was sitting there watching TV, just, you know, brainless stuff. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go upstairs and noodle around for a little bit. Just give a little bit. Consistency is intensity. So I'm just going to go up there and noodle around a little bit. And I discovered something in in about a half an hour about our sound system that's going to resolve a huge problem just by piddling around for a minute. So anyway, start. Put yourself to work every day, especially when you don't feel like it. Don't wait for inspiration to show up. Inspiration is found once you start moving often. Um, then seven, push yourself into discomfort. You know, a lot of people, they they go to the gym and they work out, but they work out so light they never break a sweat. Push yourself to a little bit of discomfort. Um, I think it is Ed uh, Milette has a podcast when he works out he uses the one more the one more uh concept he calls it or whatever um that when you when when he's done if he says i'm going to do 10 reps he does 10 but he says i'm gonna do one more so you know for a writer that might be you said you're going to write 500 words and instead you write 550 you go a little beyond that goal that's why it's important not to set too big of goals. But if you say you're going to rehearse this thing or you're going to work on this project, this idea for a half hour, go 45 minutes. You say an hour, go an hour and 15 minutes. Just go a little bit beyond and stretch yourself a little into the discomfort. For me, that's very, very uh, easy to figure out. You know, when I think I've nailed a guitar part, okay, do it five more times, you know. Um, and and that will, you know, help us uh, to prepare for, those moments when we, we get the cookies. And then number eight, turn off every day. Man, that is a hard one for us because I don't, like, clock out at, at, a, at a job and go home. Um, home is my office. It is my studio. Everything around me is screaming, you know, get to work. And so I have to consciously – and then all of us, we have our phones, right? So we're incessantly looking at our emails or Facebook and something work-related – I it the book Deep Work, um, uh, by Greg uh, can't can't remember Newport, yeah, Cal Newport, Cal Newport Deep Work. He talks about how if you don't let your brain relax from something, then then your your efforts will be diminished the next day. Like work hard, play hard, you know. When it's time to turn it off, turn off work. I know there are seasons or times when you you can't do that because certain things press, but whenever possible, turn off work. It was a lot easier when I worked at a church and I went home. Um, If you work from home, you know what I mean. It's very easy to stay in work mode, and uh, and so I encourage you to turn off every day. That's what I have to do anyway. Um, And then number nine, Envision your next steps as you go to sleep. Um, I recently tapped into uh, a musician slash neuroscientist person talking about the brain and memorization. And for for us, it's things like lyrics and music. But whatever that thing is, uh, she recommends, and it's been proven through studies, that you work on it first thing in the morning when you're fresh. If you're a writer, sometimes that's the best time, but you're usually, you most creative earlier in the morning before the day starts to close in on you, phone starts to ring, other things start to demand. You're, you Now, you, you know your calendar. That may be three o'clock in the morning for some of you, but for the average person in the morning, that's when you're most creative. You can be the most focused and you work on it then. And then before you go to bed that night, you envision what you're doing, you're going to do The next morning, you envision moving further in the direction of your goal the next day, and then you get up and get on that step first thing in the morning, which is number 10. Envision your your next step as you go to sleep. Get on that next step first thing in the morning. So I hope, I always hope this stuff helps. I'm just kind of rehashing some things. I want to unpack all that God has concealed in me. I know that I'm carrying around a lot more potential sometimes than I actually put out, uh, and that's usually due to things like laziness and procrastination. Uh, There's definitely seasons where we need to check out and take a sabbatical and walk away from things. Sometimes I find myself more creative uh, if I just don't pick up my guitar for a week. That doesn't happen often, but if I feel like I'm hitting a wall over and over and over again, sometimes that's what I got to do. For those of you that are creative, when it comes to writing, uh, sometimes you just got to press through a bunch of junk before you find the diamond, you know. So when we get saved, when we come to Jesus, you know, this podcast is all about potential. It's all about the things that he's put in us, what, what we could accomplish if we really applied ourselves. And there's so many distractions today. Staying on our game is harder than ever. And it's especially diff, it is especially difficult um, in those seasons where it's really easy to waste precious time. You know, um, if you knew tomorrow you were going to have to get up and give a presentation, uh, your mind would be fixed on it. You'd be focused on it. You, you know, we, we're getting ready to travel to Nashville for uh, Thanksgiving, get to see my grandson, Joe, for the first time. And uh, today is—what's Today. Tuesday. No, today's Monday. Yeah, Tuesday. That's right. So today's Tuesday. Well, after I post this podcast, uh, my mind is completely focused on that trip. Now, I assure you that we will forget some things we meant to bring with us or do before we left because we didn't have a lot of lead time to prepare for this trip. Um, We were waiting for Matt to give us permission to do it. And those things happen in life. But if you have lead time, that lead time, whether it's a month, six months, a year, three years, I mean, the sooner that you can get your mind wrapped around what the finish line looks like and really start to dig in right where you're at. You think about the football players uh, that are like all-stars during the season. You better believe it was during that off-season that they did some of the things I'm talking about here. They, They knew that the game was coming, and they got themselves in a, themselves in a mindset that said, "I've got to act as if the big game is tomorrow, and I've got to do that every day through the off season, so that when it gets here, I'll be ready." I'll recap those real quick. Prayer: How do we unpack the concealed things God's put in us? Well, we pray. We consider the answer to be yes and go. Unless God steers us differently, we just move in the direction of that goal, knowing it won't be ungodly. It'll be God-glorifying if you're starting with prayer. Um, Then we imagine the win. What's it going to look like? We do what Jesus did for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. Uh, We set goals with deadlines. We make a must-do list, what needs to be done right now. Uh, we, we start on those goals, whether we feel like it or not. Um, we push ourselves into discomfort. We try to go a little further than than we planned every time. We turn off every day so that we're fresh. And as we drift off to sleep that night, we envision what tomorrow is going to look like, what we're going to accomplish when we get up. And then we get up and we get on that next step, whether we feel like it or not. Okay, we we do that ass and chair thing, right? I know that some mornings I wake up and I don't feel like stumbling up the stairs and putting on my guitar and going over these parts. But if I will just stumble up the stairs and get my butt in the chair and the guitar in my hand, I'll do what I need to do. And so, I again, I hope that helps. Be praying for us as we reach out to these chaplains. We're looking forward to an awesome tour this year, next year rather. Uh, we've got a lot of other people that want to be involved, and we're going to, once we have the dates booked, we're going to send those out and invite those people. We actually invite any of you. If you're interested, you can contact us, and believe me, uh, our goal Believe me, any of you are of great value just by being there and to shake a hand, share a smile with these these guys and gals. But our goal is to emulate Jesus. That's what Life on the Verge is trying to do. We are trying to give the people, um, the undeserving people, they don't deserve um, what we give them. They didn't earn it, and we're trying to emulate Jesus because that's what he has done and does do for us. Have a great Thanksgiving, and hopefully we'll be back next week. Sometimes fallen angels fly. I want to remind you that we are a completely donor-funded ministry. You can learn more about Life on the Verge at LifeOnTheVerge.com. You can hear more of our music at theplunders.com or on any streaming service.